keep him in our prayers. Matter of fact, let's just say a prayer for him right now um, as he's going to be preaching that conference. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you've done. We thank you, Lord, for your power. And we pray, Lord, that your hand will be upon Pastor as he preaches that conference. We pray that your anointing, Lord, will be on him, Lord, and, and that lives will be changed and lives will never be the same again. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, that your presence will sweep through wherever they're going to be ministering at in the name of Jesus and that people will receive the Holy Ghost. Chains will fall. Fear will bow. People's lives will just be changed forever, altered forever. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you in advance for what you're going to do in that service. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Man, God is awesome. It's easy to forget that sometimes. When the cares of life hit you, it's easy to forget what God is capable of doing. It's easy to get your eyes off of him and onto your problems and onto your situations. But us focusing on our problems and situations won't fix anything, but God can fix it. Amen. He knows the remedy. Amen. So uh, let's just jump right in. Let's jump right in. Two weeks ago, Pastor started a series called The Way, and it's talking about salvation. And so today we're going to go over part two of that series and we're going to talk about water baptism. So before we read our scripture, I'm just going to take a, a quick poll. Um, who has been baptized here in the house? Now, when I say baptized, I don't mean, you know, in, just in Jesus' name, but just baptized in general, either sprinkled as a kid or, or just baptized in general. Amen. Got it. Amen. All right. So let's go ahead and read. We're going to turn our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 35, verse 8. When you get there, say, I'm there. Sister Jackson's there. <laughs> She's quick. <laughs> if you don't have a, a way to look, at, look it up yourself, it's going to be on the screen here, possibly. If it's not on the screen, just listen to me. All right, here we go. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 8, it says, And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. And then let's turn our Bibles to John chapter 14, verse 6. John chapter 14, verse 6. It says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Everybody say, I am the way. I should have you say, he is the way, <laughs> the truth and the life. So again, this is the way series part two. And we're going to talk about water baptism. So let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, we thank you again for being in this house today. And we pray, Lord, that you will just bless these next few moments. Pray that you will be done, that you will move on somebody's life to be baptized today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say, amen. amen. You may be seated. Amen. So long before there were terms like Christian, Pentecostal, or apostolic, you know, a lot of these uh, religious terms, the early church referred to itself simply as the way. Luke uses the term a half dozen times in the book of Acts. The idea wasn't original with them. Rather, it came from the words of Jesus himself. The way is an exclu exclusive term, and that's why the early Christians were persecuted 
and even called heretics in the first century, it's much the same today because there are not many roads to God. There is only one way. Everybody say one way. One way. You know, contrary to what popular belief says, there's only one way. One way. So, you know, there's many ways to get here today. Some, not everybody took the same route, right? Um, even Oprah. Oprah says that there's more than one way to God, right? That's not true. There's only one way. Why is there only one way? Because the Bible says so. Amen? Acts chapter 24, verse 14 says, But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. What was that verse saying? Even though they, they may mock the way, even though they may talk about the way, I'm going to still go the way. Amen? I'm not going to go any other direction just because popular belief says it's, 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 it's right to go in the other direction. Amen? I'm going to go the way. So the gospel message, the gospel message has three components, and they all work together. They are all harmonious. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 and 8 says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. So there are three that bear witness, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these agree in one. So let's look at a, um, let's, let's go back to the Old Testament, to the book of Exodus, to the Israelites when they were leaving bondage in Egypt. So there were three elements involved in the deliverance of Israel from Egypt on the night of the Passover. And if this doesn't sound familiar, if, you, if you're not familiar with this story, there are plenty of people in this house today who will teach you a Bible study. If you, if you teach a Bible study, just raise your hand. See all those people? You can go to them and they will show you, they will teach you about these uh, particular stories I'm going to talk about today. But because of time's sake, I'm not going to go deep into them. But again, there are three elements involved in the deliverance of Israel from Egypt on the night of Passover. Blood on the doorpost, the Red Sea, and the pillar of cloud and fire. So the blood on the doorpost is the blood, the Red Sea was the water, and the pillar of cloud and fire is the Spirit. They were delivered by blood, water, and spirit. And then there are three pieces of furniture involved in atonement in the tabernacle. Again, that's a, 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 a story for another a time, a, a Bible study. So the brazen altar, which dealt with blood, the brazen laver, which dealt with water, and the ark of the covenant, which dealt with the spirit, blood, water, and spirit. So that's why Paul says that the gospel has three elements. It's like making a cake. You can't leave an ingredient out. Like making brownies. You can't leave the eggs out. It's not going to turn out right. you got to have these three elements. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, 
and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. The original altar call of the New Testament church contains all three elements of salvation. Aren't you glad that God rose from the grave? The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Repentance, baptism, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance deals with blood. We talked about that two weeks ago. Baptism deals with water, and the Holy Ghost deals with the Spirit. So step one was repentance. Repentance is an inner change of attitude leading to an outward change of behavior. That's why John the Baptist said, bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. It's kind of like you're saying, you're, it is like you're saying goodbye sin, goodbye forever. We did our thing in the past, but I'm done with you, right? It's like a bad relationship, right? You said, hey, you know. I was my, you know, I wasn't in the right place. I, you know, we did our thing, but look, I'm ready to move forward. I'm ready to get away from you, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gone from you. That's repentance, and and, and it's never going back. Cause look, that past relationship, they may be trying to reach out to you and send you text messages and send you your emails and trying to call you, say, hey, remember those good times that we used to have? Especially when you're feeling vulnerable, especially when you're feeling frustrated. Especially when maybe somebody in the church hurt you, or maybe something, you know, something was said that you didn't like. And guess what? Remember me? That's when they like to show up. Strategic. Strategic. But you know what? Don't go back. If I can just say it simply, don't go back. Because God, God knows where you're at, and if something, something has happened to you, you know, if something has happened to you here in the church, God, God knows. He, he let it happen. He allowed it to happen to you. But, but that doesn't mean you turn your back on God. That doesn't mean you give up on God. You just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Like, you know God is in control. Romans 6, chapter 6, verses 6 through 7 says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. So that old man is dead, leave him dead. Leave him dead, leave him, leave him gone. Leave him alone. You ever re left an old relationship and gotten a new one and you became a better person? Same thing. Leave him alone. It's no good for you. So step two, and this is what we're going to focus on today. Step two is baptism. Thank you, Tim. The last, commandment of Je the last command of Jesus was in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 16 it says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And then Luke 24, 47 through 49, it says, and that repentance and remission of sins shall be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. 
and ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And then John 20, 23, it says, Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retained, they are retained. So Peter, when he preached on the day of Pentecost, he gave the first command to the church. He said, it's, again, Acts 2.38, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So when it comes to baptism, there's two different, two different things when it comes to baptism. There's the mode, that's what is done, and then there's the formula, that's what is said. So the mode is, y'all can talk now. What is done, what I just said, you can just repeat what I just said. And then the formula is, what is said, yes. So the mode is what is done, and the formula is what is said. That's two things that pertain to baptism. So somebody just said it, but immersion. Immersion versus sprinkling. Immersion versus sprinkling. Let's, let's talk about those two words here. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to go to the Bible to see what the Bible says about each one of those. Immersion versus sprinkling. Everybody knows what immersion means, right? Going fully under. So John chapter 3, verse 23, it says, And John also was baptizing an Anon near to Salem, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. So let's just take a poll. Who thinks that was either, uh, who thinks that was immersion or sprinkling? Immersion, raise your hand. All right, majority. All right, here we go. Acts chapter 8, verse 38. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized. Is that immersion or sprinkling? Just yell it out. Amen. Acts chapter 8, verse 39, it says, and, and when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Immersion or sprinkling? It says he came out of the water. Romans chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Immersion or sprinkling? Immersion. You know, you know, when somebody is buried, like literally, they don't just sprinkle the dirt on them. They bury them. Planted, or Romans chapter 6, verse 5. I just gave it away. Romans chapter 6, verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So... Immersion or sprinkling? Right. Same thing with the seed. You don't just sprinkle a little dirt on it. You, you put, and I don't have a green thumb, but I know enough that, to know that you put it under the ground, right? You put it under the ground in order, to, in order for it to, to bloom. Is that the correct term? Yeah. Right. So according to the scriptures that we just read, it looks like um, immersion has, a, has won by an overwhelming number of scriptures. So baptism must be done by immersion in water, not sprinkling. 
So let's now talk about, so that's the mode. So going back to, going back to the two things that is involved with baptism, the mode is immersion. You must be buried. You must be totally under the water. When I was in Louisiana about 14 years ago, I was in ministry training, and we got the privilege to baptize somebody. And it took us three times to get it right because there wasn't enough water in the tank. And so we would baptize him, and his, you know, his, his belly would be popping. You know, no, that's not good enough. You know, his, his whole body wasn't under the water. You know, so three times and two songs later, we finally got it right. <laughs> finally got it right. I got video to prove it. If you want to see it, just, just uh, come to me after service. But, you know, we, we couldn't leave him like that. You know, it's, I mean, we, they were trying to, you know, he's like, go down, brother. Go. They was trying to force him under. But it wasn't his fault. <laughs> wasn't enough water in there. But that's why we kept doing it, because it wasn't good unless the whole body is immersed. Amen? You know, it would be, be weird if we passed by a, a grave site and there was arms and legs sticking out, you know, the ground. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. So now let's talk about the formula. And what is the formula? What is said? Some of y'all paying attention. Amen. The formula is what is said. So the mode is what is done. The formula is what is said. So let's talk about the name of Jesus Christ versus the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Let's see what the Bible says about what is supposed to be said over you when you're baptized. So reading the verse that we read twice already, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, it says, Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's go to Acts chapter 8, verse 16. Acts chapter 8, verse 16 says, They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's go to Acts chapter 10, verse 48. Acts 10, 48, it says, And he, com he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. What is the name of the Lord? Yes. Um, going to Acts chapter 19, verse 5, it says, They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And what is that name? Jesus. Jesus. Then going to, going to Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, this is what Paul taught the church in Colossae. It says, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Whatever you do, including baptism, right? Do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. There's no exceptions to that rule. There's no exceptions to that rule contrary to what popular belief says. Everything we do, we must do in the name of the Lord Jesus. It must be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. So many people out there trying to, to skew what the Bible says. They're trying to say it's okay. And because uh, uh, certain people say it's okay, then, then there's people, precious people in the church who say, well, I guess if, if that person says it and that person says it, then it must be okay. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. 
It must be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus. So, let's go back to that first verse we read. What about Matthew chapter 28, verse 19? What about that verse? Let's, James, pull that up again. Let's read that again. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So what, you know, what about that verse? That doesn't mean that verse is, is, is wrong. It's not wrong. But let's, let's, let's dissect that a little bit. So no one, first of all, no one is being baptized in this verse. Nobody, it's a command. Nobody's being baptized in this verse. And if you read the verse, if you, if we got any English majors in here? Anybody good at English? John Wayne, there you go, Miguel, all right? So, if you can see that there, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name. What was that? Singular. Yes, that word, that word name is singular. It doesn't say names. These three titles don't have any authority. They just describe the one name. Come here, John Wayne. He's like, what did I get? <laughs> so what is his name? Yes, and he's a son. He's a brother. He's an employee. What else are you? He's a nephew, a cousin. He's a grandson. He has all kinds of titles, right? All kinds of titles. But what is his name? If you want his attention, you're not going to say, hey, nephew. I mean, his uncle could say that, <laughs> you know, but Sister Mariana could say, you know, she could say that he's not going to answer to her. Or you're not going to say, hey, employee. You know, most of you in here won't say, hey, son, because he's not your son. <laughs> I mean, it may seem like it sometimes, you know, or he won't, he won't answer to you. If you but if you say his name, he's going to answer, right? He's going to answer. If he wants to, if he's writing a check, he's not going to write on there, employee, it's not going to be valid. He's not going to write on there, son. He's not going to write, you know, grandson, nephew, cousin. He's going to write his name. He's going to sign his name. And, so, and that's, how, that's why it will be cash, because his name's on there. And note this, that Matthew didn't write this until A.D. 62. So every baptism for 30 years had been in Jesus' name. They never baptized in the titles of Jesus. They baptized in the name of Jesus. Matthew 20, 19, it doesn't say, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the titles. Right? Or title. It says name. And the apostles didn't just repeat Jesus' command. They just didn't, they just didn't say it. But they obeyed Jesus' command. When they baptized, they baptized in the name of Jesus. And get this. Get this, people. 
congregation, wonderful saints of God. There are no delayed baptisms in the New Testament. They didn't preach and then, and then people said, let me think about it for a week and I'll come back. No. Acts chapter 2 verse 41 says the same day. Acts chapter 16 verse 33 says the same hour. Acts chapter 19, 9 verse 18 says immediately. Acts chapter 10 verse 48 says he commanded them to be baptized. And then Acts chapter 22 verse 16 says, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Why would you wait to wash away your sins when you can do it now? You can do it today. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait a week. You don't have to wait three months. You can get that done today. That old man can be buried today in the name of Jesus. It doesn't have to follow you out of this house today. It doesn't have to follow you home today. That can be washed away forever today in the name of Jesus. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let the devil try to convince you, oh, you can wait. Hey, hey, how about you go home and think about it? How about you go home and, and maybe you can do it in a couple weeks. Maybe you can do it in three or four weeks. Don't let the devil lie to you like that. You can do it now, today, just like they did in the Bible. I'm angry up here. <laughs> so what happens when you're baptized? What happens when you go under the water? Are you just getting wet? That's right. So your sins are washed away or remitted when you are baptized. Again, Acts chapter 22, verse 16 says, And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So guess what? Those of you who walk around every day of the week with your conscience eating at you, with, with the devil banging you over your head with your past, that can be washed away in the water. Calling on the name of the Lord. You are not who he says you are. You are who God says you are. It doesn't matter what you've done today. That can be buried in the name of the Lord by baptism. By baptism. You don't have to leave here today the same way you walked in the door. You can leave here with the weight off of your shoulders, walking out with your head up high, because you got Jesus in your life. You don't have to leave here the same way. Amen. You don't have to leave here the same way. 1 Peter 3.21 says, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when you're baptized, you're putting on the only saving name, Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, it says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So you're applying the burial of Christ 
to your life. The Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 4 says, Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So when you are baptized, you are legally brought into God's covenant. Again, the old man is buried. Uh, the old woman is buried. And that new person comes out of the water. You can walk in newness of life because you have Jesus Christ applied to your life. Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 through 12, it says, In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. So we are born of the water to portray our new life in Christ. John 3, 5, it says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It is necessity. It's not an option. It's a necessity. So again, blood, water, and spirit. That is the way. There is only one way. Remember how repentance means destroy the house? Repentance, when you repent, you're destroying that house. You're destroying your past. Well, you can say that baptism means drown the army. It'll try to come back to you. It'll try to come after you like the, the army, the, the, the Egyptians try to come back to the Israelites, but they were drowned in the Red Sea. And when you're baptized, your past, those past mistakes, those sins that are trying to come af back after you, they are drowned in the water. <clears throat> Paul, he even compares our baptism to Israel crossing the Red Sea while Pharaoh's army drowned. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 2. It says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and, all, and, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So once Israel crossed the Red Sea, Pharaoh and the armies of Egypt couldn't get through the water. It couldn't get through the water. So the devil, the devil cannot legally Bring up your past. God declares that he has forgotten your past. I don't care what it is. It's done. It's forgotten. When you are baptized, the army of past sins can't get through the water to condemn you anymore. Destroy the house. Down the, drown the army. Blood, water, and spirit. That is the only way. There's only one way. And I don't know if you haven't been baptized or if you've been baptized and it wasn't in the name of Jesus or if you were sprinkled, you can get baptized in this water today. It is ready for you. Your old life can be buried and your new life can start today. In the name of Jesus, let's all stand. 
Like they said in the Bible time, like, like they said back in the Bible, this ain't something that you should go home and, and think about or discuss with certain people. If it's in the Bible, how many, of you, how many of us believe that the Bible is true? The Bible is true. And if it says that we should be baptized in the name of Jesus, then we should be baptized in the name of Jesus, not tomorrow, not, and not in three days, but immediately. The Bible says the same hour. He commanded them to be baptized. Because, man, some of, some of you, you just feel so condemned. You feel like, God, God doesn't love me. God doesn't, God doesn't care about me. My past is so checkered. It's just bad. You know? And the devil just has some of you, a lot of you, just condemned. Just, you just feel condemned. You know, a lot of you, you know, everybody in here is looking nice today. This, this looks great. Might have smiles on your faces. But that doesn't mean everything inside is good. That doesn't mean everything is perfect inside of your life. But I'll tell you today that you can go down in this water. You can be baptized. You know, you may... <laughs> You may say, well, you know, I want this person here to see it. I want that person here to see me baptized. So I'm just going to wait. We don't know how much, time, how much time we got left. We don't know. We don't know how much time we have left on this earth. That's why they said immediately, do it now, the same hour. They didn't tell them to wait. So if you haven't been baptized today, look, there's people here that has been baptized. There's people, yeah, there's people here that has been baptized. They will lead you to the water. They will hold your hand, lead you to the water. Look, look, I know you got your Sunday best on today. You don't have to get that wet. We have robes that you can change into. You know, let me, let me go ahead and get, y'all, get all your excuses out. Look, we got robes. We got hair nets, I think. Just dumb it. <laughs> You know, we got stuff that you could change into. The only person gonna, that's going to be getting wet is the person, probably Ted, the person baptizing you. <clears throat> well, you're, you're, you'll get wet too. What am I talking about? But we can baptize you today. And so we're going to have an altar call. Okay? I know a lot of you have been baptized, but maybe there's some stuff in your life that isn't right. Let's come and, come and repent. Come and, come and get your life right to God. But if, if you haven't been baptized and you want to, if you haven't baptized correctly or you haven't been baptized at all and you want to be baptized, you could come up here and let us know. And we'll baptize you today. Ted, Ted is ready to put you under the water and, and, and bury that old man. And so you can walk in the newness of life. Let's, let's bow our heads. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. Jesus, we thank you for what you have done. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. And we pray, Lord, that you will move on the lives of those people, Lord, that, that hasn't been buried in your name, that hasn't been, that have, that had, your, had your name caught over them during baptism. We pray that you will move on their hearts and that they won't leave this house today until they're baptized in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, I, I rebuke any, any negative thoughts by the enemy, God, anything that the devil may try to put in their minds, Lord, trying to get them to not be baptized. And I pray, Lord, that you will just move on their hearts today. 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. These altars are open right now. And I pray that you will just come and, and, and pray. And, and if there's anything in your heart that's not right, just, just make, make yourself right to God. Make yourself right. And again, if you haven't been baptized, let's just come up here and we'll, we'll lead you. And you can be baptized <coughs> in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Have your way, God. Have your way, God. Yes, Lord. We have overcome.